Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Ooh, 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 
but surely I'll be behind you, Lord, following closely. No, not listening to other men and other human advice. I'll serve you all the days of my life. Please, 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 
for the rest of my days. Oh, 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 oh. You gave your son. You gave your life. You turned my life all around. You gave your life to set me free. And so I'll serve you for the rest of my days. Oh, 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 Just to be close, closer and closer to you. I want to love you, see you in heaven, where you dwell, and feel how real you are. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you in all of your glory. I can get enough of you. I wanna touch you and joy you. These are the times, times of the anointing, going deeper and doing more. Oh, how I love you, how I delight in you, my precious world. My treasure indeed Jesus, I love you Jesus, I need you Jesus, I feel you In all of your glory I can get enough of you Jesus, I love you. 
Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you and all of your glory. I can get enough of you. I, I want to touch you. Oh, oh, enjoy you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you in all of your glory. I can get enough of you. I want to touch you oh, oh, and enjoy you. Jesus? Oh, do you love Jesus? If you love him, let your hand clap be louder this morning. Let your hand clap be louder this morning. It's my joy to inform you that you are at the right place at the right time. Good morning, Bishop. Hallelujah. And um, God always looks forward to such gatherings. He's very happy when we are together. He's very happy when we are together. It breaks his heart to see us part and break up and not want to be together. Because the yokes in our ministries, the yokes in our churches, and I dare say the yokes that rest on, on our own lives can only be broken by the anointing. And that anointing comes through Psalm 133, verse 1. When we dwell together in unity. Each time we come together like this, we receive the capacity to break yokes. Hallelujah. Yokes. Verse 2 of Psalm 133. It's like the precious ointment upon the head which runs down. Anytime we are together, we come under a shower. A shower of oil that flows from the head. So, you've taken a very important decision to be here physically. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yokes 
are already being broken. How many of you can feel that yokes are being broken already? I believe it. I believe it. Break and go. <laughs> we are breaking curses. We are ending chronic harassment. Any spirit that tells you to separate yourself from a Christian is not a good spirit. Unless you are convinced that that Christian is just a Christian by name, but is actually a devil in your life, then you have legitimacy to separate yourself. We need to be together. Did you know that not all good things are pleasant? A lot of drugs and injections we receive are very good, but they are not pleasant. Am I talking to someone? Or am am I soliloquizing? Am I speaking to myself? A lot of good things are not pleasant. And a lot of pleasant things are not good. Like when that man holds you and the feelings are coming, or you are with that girl, or you are you are smoking that thing. A lot of pleasant things are not good. But there is one thing that is both good and pleasant. That's a Psalm 133 verse 1. Life. It is both good and pleasant. You can't go wrong. That is why the devil will always fight our desire to be together. There are many pastors under yokes. Who should have been here? Under yokes. But we we'll see no sense in coming here. You are welcome, Bishop Niajedu. God bless you. We can't wait to have you. So clap your hands that we are together. It's both good and pleasant and such combinations are rare most of what is good is not pleasant it's not pleasant to stay up all night studying to pass your exam it's not pleasant to work hard to get something done most good things are not pleasant and most pleasant things are not good But when we come together, it is both good and pleasant. So let us be one. Let us be one. Let us be one. You can be angry with me, but let's stay together. I'm, 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 I'm even someone... 
fortunately, I'm not even somebody you can be angry with. You know, I'm, I'm not somebody who offends. I'm not somebody, I'm a very, you know, easygoing, nice person. Very nice. So even mine is easy. But let's stay together. That's it. I'm talking about the brother standing by you. It's very difficult to be with him. Yeah. The way he preaches, he's strong and he's facing you. No. I am a loving shepherd, caring for my people. So mine is even not a difficult thing. It's Bishop Yoku and Koda is difficult to be with. But even that try to be with him. Because it's pleasant and good. Pleasant and good. Can you, can you clap? Yeah. Father, speak to us today. Yes, Lord. What a beautiful blessing to come together again. Jesus. What a week. Jesus. What a week. Touch our lives and grant us access yes, Lord. into graces yes, Lord. and abilities yes, Jesus. and capacities. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So we are continuing this morning to break and go. Yes. We are breaking curses. The curse on your ministry that makes it difficult for you to be great. Persistently small. Nothing seems to be able to change the picture of your ministry. And yesterday we began that journey from this bestseller, He That Hath. And if you can give us, I would like us to read. It's daytime, but I don't know if you can have some ability, if you can put up the, the page in the book. And if it's not possible, it's okay. Maybe this morning we have novices there. So. But there are causes of intractable poverty. You see, the theme of the conference is the great shepherd. And a great shepherd is a man of great knowledge, great skills, large numbers of sheep, and long-standing service to God. Successful service, thank you. I seem to always drop that word. Successful service. You will be great. I said you will be great. You will be great. Where your ministry is now cannot determine the future. Where you are now is incapable of determining the blessedness and the greatness of your ministry. So we saw through research That intractable poverty. And we are not only talking about 
financial poverty. But we are talking now about sepidorial poverty. Many shepherds are poor. Empty seats. Empty halls. Can we pleasure our eyes a little with that advice they give that pastor in Judges 18-19? I love, I love it. And they said to him, hold thy peace. Lay thine hand upon thy mouth and go with us. Is it better for thee to be a priest unto the house of one man? One man. Many of us are one man shepherds, one man churches, one man branch. Is it better for you to be a priest unto the house of one man? Or that thou should be a priest unto a tribe and a family in Israel. Can I have the New Living Translation? Beautiful. They said, hold, be quiet, and come with us. Be a father and a priest to all of us. Isn't it better to be a priest for an entire tribe and clan of Israel than for the household of just one man? You will be great. I said, You'll be great. There is no license given to pastors to be a pastor of one man, one family, some small group, three members, 28. We built a church, and for six years, only 42 members come to church. And you don't even notice it. We are on today. We are breaking it. So, there is a reason why pastors have intractable poverty poor in numbers when we say poverty it's not only financial poverty even Jesus talked about poverty of spirits poverty of spirits How can you be comfortable even if it's a home sale? Every week, three people. Then once a while, somebody comes to add and it's four. Then the following week, it's two. Sometimes you don't have, some of you don't have meetings sometimes. It's like you don't have people. Like someone who doesn't have money. You don't have people. Some of us have members, but we don't have leaders. Oh, and how Bishop Niajidu is dealing with this subject in a very beautiful way. To have leaders working with you because it is part of your greatness as a shepherd. Can you clap your hands? Is it possible to clap? The poverty of, of course, of course, along is it is not, I mean, the correlation is not always linear. But generally speaking, you even become financially poor when your members are few. I am aware that there are also pastors with a lot of members and very small income. It's also another scale. We'll get there one day. But generally, 
the more members you have, the more even financially solvent you are. The more it is easy to buy a microphone. The easier it is to buy speakers and a mixer and buy a car and build a church. Because we in the ministry, we don't build with loans. Yes, in the ministry, we don't practice a certain type of leadership. A leadership of loans. Any pastor listening to me whose folder is in a bank, you are out of the will of God. We don't take loans to build churches. We work hard with our hands and raise funds and generate money. It's a skill. It's a skill. And I can't help myself. I can't help myself. But to tell you that even the skill to raise money is directly emanates from the skill of shepherding people. Yes. If you are a good shepherd and you have loved your members, you have cared for them well, it is not too much to see Brother Ben and say, Brother Ben, the microphone gospel says that if you want to buy one, and it's four thousand. Can you contribute two thousand? Because you, you you are you are a shepherd to him. Yes, the members sitting there, they have the wherewithal. They can help you. They know where to find help. There's no basket case in the kingdom of God. But your style of leadership, of leading people from afar. The 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 the, the, the chieftaincy type of leading people, where you are in a palanquin hanging in the sky, and the people carrying you are walking on dust. It is African chiefdom, and we bring it to the church. Many pastors are ministry chiefs. Sorry for shouting. This one I was I'll preach calmly. We love it. Calmly. Am I not speaking calmly? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Is it not nice? Yeah. So nice. I won't shout at you. So 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 when we say poverty, don't always think of money. You cannot be a shepherd and be poor in members. That's why Bishop has categorized your goals. Have a goal. It should be a vision. Like somebody has a goal to marry. Has a goal to go to London. Has a goal to go to America. Have a goal as a pastor. Stay in Ghana. Don't go to America. Stay, but have a goal to be a good shepherd. I'm telling you that somebody will even buy a ticket for you to go to America. Concentrate on the church. I tell you, the church can give you everything you need. The church. Imagine something God is building. Something Jesus is building. Don't you think it is a powerful thing? I mean, he's not building banks. Human beings are building banks and banks have money. 
Jesus is not building schools and schools have money. Jesus is not building factories and factories have enough money to export and import. Even the things normal human beings are building have money. How much more what God himself and his son Jesus are building? Abba! I said something wicked men are building. They even have money to spend. In this global financial crisis, which has led to Let's continue. There are companies that are posting excess profits. I mean, it's like their projections, they, they have overshot their projections in this, in this era. Abba! Men, men, wicked men are overshooting their targets. And you are a pastor. A pastor. Sorry, a pastor. You don't even have a target to overshoot. You are just there. You, 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 you sit down as a grown-up and give yourself every reason why some things are not possible. A grown, when we lift your arm, we'll see gray hairs in your armpit and in other crevices. Grown-up like you. So, 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 it's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. You cannot be a pastor who is persistently poor in members. And by extension, persistently financially poor. You can't even buy chairs for members to sit on. And we learned yesterday that intractable poverty is explained by a lack of knowledge. That one to me is everything. Because it is even the basis upon which God rejects priests in Hosea 4 6. Lack of knowledge. There are three things that make people poor one is a lack of knowledge. You can't be a pastor who doesn't love knowledge. Read books in the toilet. Have a book you are reading. We went through it yesterday. Listen to messages. Listen to the audio books. Love knowledge. A pastor cannot be indifferent to knowledge. You know, there are many things you can be indifferent to. There are many things in Ghana. I am a Ghanaian with a Ghanaian passport. But I am totally indifferent. I'm totally not interested. I don't want to say them because of civic education. I have no interest. Especially things that whether you join or you don't join, it doesn't change because you don't determine the outcome. But because of civic education... We, we, 
they are preaching on. <laughs> are you here? Or I should stop the preaching? No, Mary can sing very well. Should I invite her to sing? I should preach. But a pastor like you cannot be indifferent to knowledge. A grown-up pastor cannot be indifferent. Sorry, you're welcome, sir. Oh, I thought you were here already. You just came. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me move away. <laughs> Your attitude towards books. Oh, oh and I, yesterday, I'd like to repeat myself. No one here should have one Bible. No one here should have one. No, no, no one who teaches God's word should have, and, and it, it is even worse if it's King James. King James. King James. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean that that you don't have at all some New King James American Standard Bible just to 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 experience the nuances of the of the scriptures, the different shades, the different perspectives, so that you don't quit like a man. So you don't quit like a man. Ask anybody, are you quitting like a man? Stay. Don't quit like a man. <laughs> so, so it's big. It's big. At the base of the dryness of your ministry is the absence of knowledge. At the base of it. A pastor. Jesus almost lost 5,000 members in one day. He almost lost 5,000 men. I said members. Men in one day. What saved him was that he knew what to do. You will know what to do. I said you will know what to do not to lose even five members in one year, you will know what to do. John 6 6. For he, look at the confusion. Look at verse 2. The confusion. A great multitude followed him. Verse 3. He went up the mountain. He sat with the disciples. Verse 4. The Passover was 9. Verse 5. He saw a great multitude. And he spoke to Philip. Don't go by titles. He spoke to Philip. He said, Philip, I can see this, this large crowd. They look hungry, Philip. And I'm coming there right now. But let me just comment on it. How can we buy food? Because you see, as the disciples were with him, oh, I'm preaching already. As the disciples were with him, it was a, it was a kind of an internship. Yes, they were like apprentices being trained. That's why in the medical school we sit by our lecturers at the OPB. He gives us something small to do, but we watch him how he speaks to uh, as a client, a patient. How it speaks to nurses 
And we learn how he manages cases. We learn. He will ask a question. What do you think of this case? Examine this leg. Examine this foot. Is there a difference in the two feet? What do you think? When a lecturer is asking what do you think, he's not looking for information from you. He knows what it's like God asking you. What are you doing? (laughs) If God asks you, what are you doing with this girl at this time in the room? It's not because he doesn't know where your fingers have been already. (laughs) He's asking, he knows what you are doing. He even knows what you are going to do in five minutes time. So a lot of questions are asked not for information, but to test you yourself. Sometimes it's even to see if you are a liar or you are an honest person. So, 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 Philip, Philip, you see the crowd. Well, how can we get food for them to eat? But verse 6 says, this he said to prove him, to test Philip, because he was an apprentice. Hey, verse 6. Sorry. I was saying something. What was I saying? He was testing him. But because in verse 6 we said, this he said to test him because he, he knew from today you will know. I said you will know whatever is happening to your member you will know what to do you are here for a good time now let's sit down and look at the confusion confusion the next verse so he was just laughing in his head as he watched them then Philip's answer he said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a letter. He was asked, is this an idiot I've brought with me to train for, him for ministry? Since when did he think of penny worth and everyone take a letter? When, as he has been with me for two years, has he ever seen me give anything to anybody in little amounts? Can you imagine if Jesus did not know what to do? Philip would have sported. Philip would have scattered the sheep. But he knew. That's how you will know things. You will be with your assistant pastor, but you know what to do yourself. You will be with your sheep, but you know what to do yourself. I'm asking a question. This is an English question. Can you imagine what, could have, what would have happened if Jesus didn't know? And look at Philip's answer. Then, then, as they were talking, some, one of them also came. I think it's Andrew also. Verse 8. Uh, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, There's a lad here. Have you not seen how some people have revelation, but it's not enough? <laughs> they, they seem to have some idea, but it's, it's not enough. But as for you, your idea will be enough. Your knowledge will be enough. Your understanding will be enough. He said, there's a lad here who has five 
loaves of bread and two small fishes. But, but what are they among so many? In other gospels, one of them answered and said, there's no much, so send them back to the village. Verse 10. Now Jesus was tired. He said, these guys, if I follow them, I will, I will spoil the church. And many of us, our churches are spoiling because you, the leader, don't know what to do. Your choir is spoiling. The access is spoiling. The instrumental is that your church is spoiling, not because of your assistant, not because of your, of your leaders. You, the leader, you don't know what to do. He said, you know something, you know something, it's okay. I don't need your ideas again. Make the people sit down. So they sat down. That's when they counted them and got 5,000. And verse 11, then he took the loaves. The very thing that Andrew Rabbit, pastor, I said, you will know what to do in your church. Don't depend. We, we are always asking our leaders, what, what do you think? You know, what do you think? One of the very, I'll, I'll teach you this. One of the powerful ways to think is to have meetings okay. and discuss things. It helps you to think. When people are with you, because voices and ideas stimulate. Oh, I'm preaching. Yeah. Idea, somebody's idea will stimulate. But you must have something that can be stimulated. So, so, so one of the ways to think is to go to Mampon and Akazo campus with your seven leaders and spend three days there just talking. Just talking. One of them will say something. But before you take them, there must be something in you. Yes. Because they are not the ones going to tell you what to do as a leader. Anything my leader tells me, and I've, there are a thousand things I've done in this church that came from my leaders. A few months ago, I was doing something major in the church. One of my leaders sent a text message and asked a question, said something. I made a U-turn. I made a U-turn. There are many things I've done which has come from a leader here. I, I listen. Because I'm a very, very nice person to relate with. As you may think. You may not think. <laughs> but, but, but I take responsibility. I don't blame that pastor who suggested something to me. No. Even though it was a suggestion, it triggered sense in me. You are ultimately responsible for the actions you take, no matter who suggested it. It is you. I feel that nobody is listening to me this morning. The very loaves of bread Andrew rubbished was what saved the day. I'm praying for you. 
that you don't be a pastor listening to your members doing things because your member said it your pastor said it your assistant said it I'm hoping that you are not that type of leader who takes major decisions because your member suggested it I pray that you are not that type of leader because nine out of ten chances, they may not. You see, because you see, there is nobody on earth who feels the burden of the load except the one carrying it, the head carrying it. The neck cannot even feel the load, it's the head. Nobody in my life. Feels the way I feel about the work I'm doing. The same way, nobody in in your life, including me, I don't feel what you are what you are carrying. So to hand over your burden to your assistant makes you an antichrist. You don't take decisions. You sit in the office. Your assistant determines when they are having crusades. Your assistant determines when church service starts. He determines who preaches. He determines what, I mean, what are all these? But from today, you will know what to do, sir. So, so, the point I'm making is, be a man of knowledge. Know things. One little boy told his mother, Mommy, you know things. You must know things. I must know things as a pastor on the stage. You must know things as the leader of the choir. You must know things as the leader of the dancing stars. You must know things as the leader of the ashes. You must know. Never allow yourself to be glad. By your assistant or some pastors in the church. You can take their suggestions, but every suggestion you take, you become responsible. So, here, there is nothing happening in this church I blame anybody for. So, I'm always taking charge. I've got uh, sound people up there. They have a leader. People projecting scriptures. No, no, no. When there's something, I get up. Sometimes I have a walkie-talkie to speak to them. I put it down and I will go up. When they see my face, they're shaking. Because I'm very gentle. <laughs> now, 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 this morning, we are moving on. What is the second thing that delivers poverty in your church. What is it? From that research, the second thing that makes you poor is lack of skills. Intractable poverty is explained by a lack of knowledge and a lack of good skills. 
in conjunction with laziness. I'll touch on laziness maybe this evening or tomorrow. Oh, that's a big one. I'll explain to you why you are lazy. It is part of your anointing. Say skill. Oh, say skills. A shepherd must have skills. You see, if you don't have skills, even in our normal secular life, you will be poor. You must have skill. You can be a driver. We give you the, fir- the car. Today is the first day. By the time you come in, if you call around four o'clock that you have an accident. First day we give you the car to do Uber. Because you don't have good driving skills. Those who have skills are always rich. Are always chosen. Today, I am announcing and informing you that in ministry, we need skills. Actually, I found the definition of skill. And I think it will help you. Let me read the definition to you. Skill. Good skill. Look at it. I'm reading now. A skill is the ability to use one's knowledge. You remember, you've had knowledge first. You've read your Bible. You've read a book. You've listened to messages. You have knowledge. The ability to use one's knowledge effectively and readily in the execution of your duties. It's an ability. You know. But to use the knowledge, you need skill. Many pastors do not have skills. A shepherd must have skills. Another meaning definition of the word skill is a learned learned power of doing something competently. You learn it. A leader, a shepherd must learn how to be a shepherd. Anyone who is employed in town 
has a skill. In fact, you are engaged because of your skill. In case you were mistakenly employed and you now have the job, you must now quickly learn the skills needed to play that role. They are doctors in jail because they, they are finished medical school. They know everything. But how to execute the duty? They made mistakes. It's not enough to know verses. It's not enough to know what is in this book. It is not enough to read the art of shepherding. You also need skills. Because not all knowledge is applicable at a particular time. You don't use knowledge by heart. You don't use knowledge. Look at the Bible. The Bible is filled with contradicting instructions. Skill. The Bible will tell you, honor your father and your mother. He will tell you, husband, love your wife. Then you turn a few pages and he's saying that anyone who does not hate his mother, his father, then there you see wife, there's no even husband in that verse. So when do I love my wife and when do I hate her? It's a skill to know when. The preacher said, there is a time for everything. I'm sorry I'm shouting. A time to embrace. And a time. Yes. It's a skill. If you embrace, at a time you must refrain from embracing. You'll be having an outdooring in nine months time. Say skill. So, merely attending Accra Poly doesn't mean you know how to be a mason. You, uh, there's application of skill. The preaching skills. Teaching. Can't you see I'm preaching with skills? We need shepherds with skills. To even love your members, which is your first commandment. Sorry, second commandment. To love your church members. You need skill. Say, you need skills to love. Because love is a big word. 
of the biggest words in English is love. To spend it. Now, do you know those who know how to spend money? The people who know how to spend money are the people who make money. When a person doesn't make money, he doesn't know how to spend it. They waste money. No matter how many trillions you pour into their economy, it will be wasted because they don't know, they have no clue how to make money. Their only style of leading is making friendships for loans. Nothing. Am I speaking to someone? I'm speaking to you. So in this book, and I'm privileged to take you through, Bishop talks about the shepherding skills. Say skills. Because the greatest shepherd is the Psalm 23 shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I hope you know that. That God is a creator. He's a provider. He's a killer. He's a leader. But he's also a shepherd. The Lord is not just a maker of the moon and the rivers and the snakes. But he's also a great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, now, this shepherd has skills. Has what? So I want to take you through a few of them. The shepherding skills of Jehovah. Number one. It's a skill. Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, searches out the sheep. It's a skill. That's all. He searches out the sheep. (laughs) Ezekiel 34 verse 11. For that said the Lord, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep. I don't know who is listening to me. I am. And seek them out. Now, watch it carefully. There are two things. It's not one thing. One is to search my sheep. It's different from seeking them out. It's a skill, sir. What does it mean to search? Many of you don't have the skill of searching for sheep. Your attention only comes to a sheep when the sheep disappears. For four months. 
a pastor went for a convention and saw his church member. I said, Wow, Alex! It's, it's been a little while. It's good to see you at this convention. And the guys, oh, I left the church four years ago. Hey. Really? Okay, I'm coming. I'm going to preach and come. My dear friend, can I preach a little this morning before? Any pastor online who bases his life's work within the four walls of the church will never be a great pastor. You will never. Little Reverend, come and sit in front. Yeah. Come, come, come. There. I look at me. Why are you looking at somebody's wife? Hey, hey. Am I not enough for you? I was saying something before. Pastor. Sir, are you a pastor? Your ministry, the church service, the church service, one hour, two hours, four hours, should constitute about five to seven percent of your work. In fact, the niceness of your church service will depend on what you've done outside the church. I'm sorry for dancing. There are some of you pastors, apart from church services in the church building, you have no life outside. Now, a shepherd searches for sheep. Not only sick sheep, not only lost sheep, even the members who come to sit in the church deserve to be visited. You are a pastor, not a firefighter. Firefighters are only found at work when there's a fire. When there's a tragedy. You don't wait to go to a member's house only when you've not seen him. Or she's sick. Or she has lost a child. When the member is well, go and sit there. Search. Search this. Sunday evening, you are looking for Auntie Sylvia's house. Oh, is she well? Uh, is she sick? No, no, she wasn't checked this morning. How oh, pastor, you are here. Oh, yes, I just came to say hello and find out how you are doing. You don't always have to come to church. I also have to come to you. Yeah. If the church is not too far for you, then the, your house shouldn't also be too far for me. Skills. From today, you will visit members who came to church. Members who sing. Do you know where your singer stays? You're not a fireman. Don't wait for problems before any and these things will happen. There will be problems. We'll have to be there. If you read transform, 
your pastoral ministry. There are even types of visits. Announced, unannounced. Types of visits. But I'm just saying that it's a skill that gives you members. That makes members stay. Visit them. They don't need to be sick. And you don't need to be hungry to visit a member. I said, you don't need to be hungry. I'm sorry for shouting. I mean, you could close your eyes for just two seconds and imagine that sister who was in, in church last Sunday or your singer or the head usher. Just imagine you sitting in his house or on his veranda. Don't you think you will have a good feeling? Life is lived by feelings. Give people good feelings. Let your members know that they have a shepherd, not a preacher. Oh, and I forgot to tell you. The best preachers are those who visit. Can't you see when Bishop Niajeli is preaching, it's, it's different. His, his teaching is full of life. Experiences. Because we must relate with the scripture. And when you have not related with your members, you will have examples to give. All your examples are examples of Ezekiel and Jonah, examples of Hosea. How old are you to be given Hosea as an example? <laughs> I'm asking, how old are you to be using Ezekiel? You are preaching about coming out again. You should be able to have a, an example of a member who disappeared from a problem, from an issue, and your shepherding skill revived him again to be a real member again. Not Ezekiel's dry bones. How old are you? All your examples are 2,000 years examples. And your members cannot relate. Visit your member. Those who are well. When you go to a house, you will discover that she is not well. The man who will open the door will tell you that the girl is not well. You will even be surprised that the, 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 the pastor you are put in charge of that choir is not well. Because he wasn't expecting you to visit. I have got choir leaders who took choir members, myself, Choir members to a uh, friend is in cinema houses. You know, not 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 the Akramo type. 
when we are 500. There are places where there's a room. My choir leader. Not the one you know. <laughs> yes. He took a singer to his Lego movie house. He took her to a room and called the receptionist to bring there's a, a, a beer which, which is called boss and secretary. I've forgotten the name. Oh, we've had it in Ghana. The boss. Oh, it's a type of beer. No one knows. Boss. The big bottle is the boss. And the small bottle is the secretary. Who knows? It's a stout. Club. Some of Yeah. My choir leader called the reception to bring boss and secretary. My choir leader. Not the set. I was passing somewhere in Africa. He brought the 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 the, the what's the name? The, the the drink. He opened the boss, poured in the glass, opened the secretary, poured, and the girl asked, her, "What are you doing? What is this?" So once a while, we must relax. Hey! If you don't visit. If you don't seek members out, these two people are always in church. You don't visit people only when they disappear. As they are in the church, go to their house. It will shock you how unwell they are. There are some members. Can you sit down? When you stand, I feel dizzy. There are some members. If you visit your house once, you will you, your love for them. You will even feel like building a house for them when you have not built your own house. Where they stay. If you go there, you will have love for your sheep. It will you will now feel like visiting every member. Where they, you, you will not believe that. Ah, so, is this where you come from to sit here? Yes! I'm teaching you skills. Skill. Skill. It is one of the causes of intractable poverty in shepherding. When you don't search for your sheep, you will lose them. Then the next one is seek them out. Which is another one. Seek them out. That is some sheep get lost. They hide in caves. You got to go there. I said you got to go there. But you are such a poor shepherd. You don't even notice when people get lost. Till you meet them in another church. The shepherding skills of Jehovah. Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, searches out the sheep. Number two, Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, delivers sheep that have been held captive. Ezekiel 34, verse 12. Verse 12. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock, 
in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. So will I, will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them. Out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. It's a skill. Ladies and gentlemen, deliverance is not just praying for people and letting them fall and rolling on the ground and pouring oil. The real deliverance is in visiting members who are scattered. I mean, if you are a shepherd and you don't even notice the absence of sheep, you are a very dangerous person. A real pastor. Today, I'm giving you an assignment. Begin to notice members who are absent. Can I tell you how to notice them? Oh, I can't hear you. Can I tell you how to notice members who are absent? You notice members who are absent when you have a relationship with them. When you don't know someone, I mean, there are some people in my church. <laughs> They dare not miss a church service. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine yourself missing a church service on a Sunday morning? Can you, this one, can you imagine this? <laughs> Even if he is sick, he won't feel well on Sunday. He has to wear his cardigan. Please be seated. But there are members who don't come to church. And I don't notice it. Because I don't know them. Last week I met a member in a meeting. I said, are you in this church? She said, yes. I said, really? If I had met you in a church, I wouldn't have paid for you. I wouldn't have paid for you. It's a big church. So the church is broken into different groups. And if you are a leader of a small group, you should, as you are bringing your members on the bus, it should occur to you that Anita is not around. I'm, all I'm saying is that have the eye to notice when people are absent. And when you notice it, it must be an emergency for you to seek them out. Seek them out. Go where they are and deliver them. Deliver them. Have relationships with members who can tell you what is wrong with a member. Yes. I got a call about one of my leaders. I'm going to have a meeting with him. He's married and he's having sex with some girl. I don't know whether I have to try whether she's in the church or she's whatever else. She may not be. I think she may be in the church. So much that the girl's br- br- uh, neighbors called the girl's brothers the guy's in-law. You don't understand. I don't I want to explain myself to you. Somebody will tell me. 
because you can't sit in a chair just receiving stories. I'm going to sit with you. Is it true? You can deny it, but if I'm just trying to say that if it's true, stop it. Because if I catch you, I will lash you. One pastor was in, in his house and he got a call Friday evening. Pastor, have relationships. Let your members be close to you so they can tell you because you won't know everything. Even Paul, he received reports from members about what was happening. One pastor was in his house. I was about to mention the country. Thank you, Jesus. And he received a call that his soloist his soloist the pastor, the girl who sings for him is in a competition in a nightclub. I was, I was about to mention the country. I can give you the name of the pastor, the city. I don't know the girl's name, but I saw her at Mampong some two years ago she's a lady pastor now the pastor sat up a missionary gone to a far country he said what he said Belinda is where night club who is this are you sure of what you are saying pastor honestly I, I knew you would not believe me, so I want to just beg you to go. Just, just go. You, you know me. I'm Francis. Go and see. If I'm, why will I? Have, I mean, why will I call you and tell you such a ridiculous story? You mean Belinda, as she sings for me, can dance in a nightclub, in a dancing competition? <laughs> Belinda is a dancer. And I need dancing stars. And Francis said, no, she can't dance. Ah. And so, what competition are they having? He said, it's a competition for the girl with the biggest vagina. You know him? They play a song and they remove their panties on the stage. They dance in a certain way and they open their legs and somebody comes and measures the vulva with calipers. <laughs> he measures. They have a judge. So you come, he measures the vulva. From majora to majora and minora to minora. <laughs> With a caliper. Then they will do quarter, <laughs> quarter finals. <laughs> then they will do semi finals. When the pastor entered the nightclub, the girl had won the semifinals. 
you don't know what is happening to your members. He went to where they were sitting, collected his girl, and took her home. And found out that her boyfriend, not to ask, was standing on the stage singing. She had their boyfriend, he was the promoter of the competition or the, the owner of the night. I'm not sure of the story well. And that this boyfriend had the girl's key to her room. So he goes there 2 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 p.m. It's like she. He is her roommate. So the pastor missionary took the girl to the house and sat in his car and went to town to buy a lock and a hammer and nails. And he came and he changed the girl's lock. He changed the lock and gave her one key. There are some keys which can be duplicated. He gave her one key. Today, that girl is a pastor, lady pastor in the church. Deliver them. It's a skill. You don't say they are measuring your vagina, so it's over for you. It's her vagina they are measuring. You, what of yours has been measured before? I said, what of yours has been measured before? You forgotten so soon? <laughs> it's a scale. But, but you see, you know, many, many of you pastors are in some utopia. Utopia. You, you, you are in some cloud. You don't know what's going on. You don't know that people who are walking about like shepherds, two shepherds together, they are even having sex you don't know. You don't know. You are like some blind leader leading blind people. Mercy. And one of your responsibilities is to build relationships. Which will lead you because, look, the church is a hospital. We are not well. Even you, the pastor, look at your own sickness. And we are there. We go and preach on Sunday. You go and have a big day meeting, home cell meeting. The people are sitting there. You open a verse. You share a scripture. You preach. You don't know what they are going through. You have no clue what they are going through. Of course, anyone who shows the slightest interest in that guy will have him. And Bishop Nia, did you say something yesterday? It, it took me by storm. That engage the young ones because they eat a lot. And, and anybody who eats a lot has energy. And if you don't direct that energy, they will direct it into something else. Pastor, wake up! Jehovah. What's the first skill? Search out. Search them. Seek them. I mean, say, say, your iPad is beautiful. 
iPad, mini, iPad. There must be a page with names on it. Okay. And if you don't have it, then, then, then maybe you're a carpenter or something. Mm. There must be a page with names, emergencies, visits. Uh, if even there are some members, you must, you must, you, you must plan visits to encourage them. That, that you even go to Accra Mall and buy something and go and visit one of your pastors or what? Just oh, I just came to bless your son with this or to bless. That is how to help people. Search them out. If a member can come to you in the church, then you should be able to go to them at home. Is that fair? Number two, deliver the sheep. I'm teaching you skills. Number four, Jehovah the greatest shepherd gathers the dispersed sheep. Gathers. Ezekiel 34 verse 12. Yes. Verse 12, got it. As a shepherd seeks out the flock, so will I seek out my sheep. I'll deliver them. Verse 13. And I'll bring them out from the people and gather them. I want to give you a scale today. Be a pastor. Be a shepherd. Who brings people together? Don't only gather members to church. It's the lowest form of shepherding. Help her to be friends with him. Bring these people, two of them, together. Invite James and Michael to your house to eat, to watch a movie. Only James and Michael. And your mind is that you are, you are bonding with them. I mean, th- those caring for new converts ought to be inviting new converts into certain social gatherings with existing members. Yes, that's how. I was a new co- follower. And this and follow up leader. You don't just get that new converts in a class to teach them lesson one. Week, week one, week two, week three. One of your responsibilities is to gather. And to gather is not just gathering on buses to put in check. Learn the skill of bringing people together. Learn the skill of Causing these two to relate till they are in love. Gather, gather. Don't let your members exist in isolation. And I'll tell you not to have much respect for church service gatherings. Don't let be, don't let that. Be your greatest achievement. Your ability to gather members in the church and gather them on a bus to church. 
rather esteem highly your ability to gather members in small groups, in pairs, in threes, in small groups, eating together, watching a Jackie Chan movie together, laughing together, going to town together. Just two. Bring your members together, not just in a church service. You know, I don't have much respect for church services. I don't have much respect. Because it's one of the most deceptive gatherings. Any pastor whose work begins and ends in church has lost the title. You've lost your title. People dress and they come. You see, you will not even know how poor a person is. When you see her, see, like how she has dressed. Let me please stand up. You see, this one is a small woman. This is pure gold. Please lift your hand. Yeah, this is pure gold. Please let me show that. This is pure gold. So when you see her, look, look at the earrings. There are diamonds in the earrings. There's a saying that when you see someone who is very heavily dressed, it's possible that is her last in the wardrobe. It will shock you to know where this girl is living. I said, Are you a woman or a girl? A woman. (laughs) You cannot learn much. From her by experiencing her in the church. I'm teaching you, you see, because one of the causes of poverty of members is a lack of skills. And the skill I am delivering to you is that, sir, I know you preach well. I know you love, but learn, be a gatherer. Gather people, gather. Gather. Put people together. Hey, Mavis. I mean, how is it possible for you to be living alone? No. I disagree. You can't live alone. You can't live alone. Sawa, I'm going to talk to your mother. You are going to live with Mavis. Because your mother has reported me twice that you've insulted her. You are, you are fighting with everybody at home. I'm moving you. You are going to live with Mavis, wash her things, clean the house, and be her house help, even though you are in SHS in in a friend is I know as a glue Jesus. What am I doing? I am bringing my church members together. 
And when brethren dwell together, the anointing happens. The anointing happens. As he's alone, can you, how is it possible for such a beauty, look at her skin. I said, hey, look at the skin. <laughs> the men will not allow this girl to be, they will visit her, they will try to make moves and so on. But if this girl is there, I mean, when they come and they see a witch sitting in there, <laughs> I, I said, sorry, I mean, a, a, a human being. <laughs> they won't deserve it. And as she is there, I will ask her, house maybe so oh, say, oh, oh hmm. maybe every twelve midnight, a certain um, Reverend um, Reverend Joshua. He says they have prayer meetings at the school park. That you have organized a constituency prayer. Me say what? Let's go to Reverend Joshua. See, when you bring people together. You provide strength in our weaknesses. Strength and hope and warmth and comfort and love. Don't supervise the scattering of people. Supervise the coming together of people. A pastor, a shepherd is a gatherer. So much that when he had 99 and couldn't find one. He said, no, one can be scattered. He went and brought them. Bringing together must be your most important responsibility as a shepherd, not just in church, not just in the home cell meeting, but friendships, foster friendships, build friendships, bring people. That's a shepherd. If you can sit down, I'll be able to preach. Thank you. Jehovah, the greatest shepherd. Feeds the hungry. Ezekiel 34, verse 14. If you go to the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial, you see a big scripture at the entrance in Israel from Ezekiel. Not this one of them about gathering them from afar and they will dwell in their own land. They will dwell in their own land. One of your responsibilities as a pastor is to feed. And feeding can never happen. Now, by the way, when I say shepherd feeding, I'm not talking about opening Bible and sharing verses. It's a type of feeding, I know. We teach it. I'm feeding you now. But your sheep, they need more than just scriptures and Greek lexicons. First of all, how will you feed if you don't know what they are hungering after? Hello? Helping her 
to get a husband is feeding her. You are meeting her emotional need. Yes. Helping a young man. Many young men in churches don't have any sense. They are working. They've rented a place. Somehow, and I, I can tell you that at the base of it is unspirituality. But let's go on with that. You, the pastor, see, I'm making a point that you will never know what the person must be fed with. That, that even that he's hungry till you get close. You can't tell hunger from afar. Is it, why, as I stand here physically, I see people, they look hungry from afar. I can see. I saw a few there. Uh, Mavis. Is that Mavis? Oh, it's a guy. Oh, I thought it was Mavis. So, so, sorry, I thought it was Mavis. Sorry, sit down. <laughs> can I have my glasses, please? I, I need to see well. There are people at the back. I mean, when a man with a beard has braided his hair into cornrow, he is hungry for some sense. He is hungry for something. And that is a sense. Because by doing cornrow, you have reduced, we are already NPP government leadership has reduced the value of the city. And you are using Conroe to reduce the value of your life. Do you think you can marry my daughter? What? I first of all want to apologize for what I'm preaching about. Let's, we will invite Bishop Nyadjidu to preach. I, I, I don't think, I, I, I'm sorry. No, I think people have been offended. I can't be preaching and people are offended. People want to leave the convention. No, no. Oh, my back is covered. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Clap your hands for Bishop Nyadjidu. I was going to leave. I don't want to preach a message. People need sense. That this boy who is close to you, the closeness is uncomfortable. You can easily start having sex. Feed them. Not verses and Greek words and Hebrew words. What pressure can a man be under to do con wrong? I can give you I, I didn't prepare for this I can post pictures the last one was in Kumasi Kumasi just when was I in Kumasi Dr. Joyce said is it this year yeah. I can show you before and after some hairstyle you see 
when a billionaire has put feces on his head, you don't follow him. Because you, you can't even produce feces because you, there's no food in your stomach. Oh, I want to stop preaching. You need to understand your life before you engage in certain frivolities. You look surprised. Oh, okay. You are, you are enjoying the message. Okay. <laughs> Freedom! I can tell you where. Ivory Coast. Um, America. The last, one, the last but one, I was in, um, in England. One of, our, one of our first branches. It was a long word. I've forgotten the name. Oh, dear. Forget the name. I can't show you before and after. As soon as I end the service and I travel back, they send me pictures. They've cut their hair, they've undone their things. Because, because we are already reduced. I mean, even if you are, you, are, you are a barber, you should be able to go to people's homes to cut hair. And with this hairstyle, when you enter, they can beat you as a thief. Even the normal guys can't get jobs. So you must be highly skilled. Like you can cut hair with your toes. To, 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 to do such things. To do control. I'm saying that pastors don't allow things to go on around you. Address the issues. Feed your members. Without you, they are hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That is what is right. Righteousness is what is right. About 27, 20 something years, 28 years ago, I was in the church, the same church, and I was very close to a lady. We we're close everywhere, going up and down. What the bishop, he was coming here tonight. He called me. Yeah, his office, there was a big table. He did this. He did this. I've never seen him like that before. It's about 28 years ago. He did this, and he banged his fist on the table. He said, Edwin, wake up! From that day, I parted ways with the girl. By this time, I have had half cast children. <laughs> he banged his fist. Edwin, wake up! Because many of us are asleep somehow. We are doing a lot of things without even knowing what we are doing to ourselves. We need pastors who shout at us, who advise us, who warmly hug us, who warmly talk to us, who rebuke us. It is important. Wake up! Some people live for 800 years. They could spend 500 years doing cornrow. And 300 years as normal. You and I, we are, we, now we are like planes that are going to Kumasi. Once you take off, you are landing. We ain't got no time to waste, baby. So we ain't got no time. So don't sit there as a shepherd just looking at people. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what is right. Say what is right. God bless you, sir. You are not fair for nothing. Can you clap your hands? We need you. Pastors, we need you. Without you, can you imagine? Oh, you won't know. When you see people around me, you will not know how they came around. You don't know what interventions. We are more than prophets. I said we are higher than prophets. A pastor is higher than a prophet. When you enter a church with a prophetic anointing, mentioning people's underwear and their ATM password, and so you don't know how the pastor has even guarded the people for you to prophesy to them. Today, I am announcing to you, your members may look together, but they are hungry. Get close, you will smell something in his marriage. Feed the marriage. Get close. I was, I got close to a certain dignified person. I was surprised at what the wife was telling me about her son. I called the son immediately. I think I've not called. I'm going to call. I got the number. There are millionaires in dollars who are still hungry for guidance, for his daughter, for his son, for his wife. You will know which pastors, this is the one they are dressed nicely, wooden. Um, this is what, what material is this? Is it, is it wooden? Or printex? <laughs> you see shoes with swords. You will know how you're suffering. You may not know what you may think of. It's together. A man who dresses like this, everything is fine. You'd be surprised. Huh? His wife beat him last week. <laughs> you, you, you know what's going on. Pastor, I'm t- tell the nearest pastor, get close. Go near. Go near. Tell five people, go near. 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 Don't be a prime minister. Go near. You're not careful like you. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of points and I will end. Number five Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, provides rest for the weary sheep. The same Ezekiel 34. It's an exegesis of Ezekiel 34. And I see Jesus. Verse 14 I will feed them in a good pastor upon the high mountains. And upon the high mountains of Israel, 
shall their fold be. Note the scripture carefully. Upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. Upon the high mountains. That's I'm talking to shepherds. Am I speaking to shepherds today? Upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There, where? The high mountains of Israel. There shall they lie in a good fold. And a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. The reference is the mountains of Israel. The reference is the mountains of Israel. And in Micah chapter 4, the Bible says in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established above the mountains. My dear friend, hello? Am I, am I here? Am I here? Are you with me? A true shepherd, let me read the point again. Jehovah the greatest shepherd provides rest for the weary sheep. Listen to me. Your responsibility is to provide rest. Are those who care for new converts listening to me? It's a skill I'm teaching you. Until you've attained this goal, you are a failure as a pastor. Provide rest for your sheep. Now, where will they rest? The place you rest is the place you are comfortable. A place you rest is where you have everything you need. Pastors, draw your members to rest in the house of God. Many of our members are not comfortable in the house of God. They come to church, but they are restless in church. There is rest. Ah, but I preach. Ah, don't, you, don't you preach? You see them as you are preaching, they are sitting down. And then. Restless. Then they get up. How many of you have seen some before? Restless. Restless. But see that same boy at the betting parlor in the cinema hall in the roadside drinking bar. Your work is to convert their restlessness to rest. They should rest here. They should feel happy here. They should look forward to coming here. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It is your work as a pastor to make your members like the church so much that they rest. When I fell into the hands of my pastor, 
I was a student. But he raised me to enjoy resting in church, not in a hospital. Nobody should be with you who feels more comfortable in his office than in church. Am I talking to somebody? If you are a truth, I said, nobody should be with you who feels more comfortable in school, at work. Oh, by the way, I passed my exams. Under my pastor, I passed my exam. But it is in the church. I wanted to to come to church. I look forward to coming to church. No one should be around you who feels more comfortable anywhere. His toilet may be air-conditioned. The church should be the place he's happy to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God provided rest for his people on a, at a specific place. The mountains of Israel. That's why he was The mountains. The church is the mountain. Micah 4.2. The church is a mountain. The church is a mountain. And nobody naturally likes the church. Wake up! Nobody, anybody who naturally likes the church has no accommodation and sleeps in the church. Oh, yes. That is why the shepherding skill of Jehovah in Psalm 23, I don't know whether it's verse 2 or verse 3, it says, he makes me rest. Makes me. Makes me. I would normally feel uncomfortable and restless, but he has a way of making the church comfortable for me. He makes me. It's not automatic. Make your members. Make your sheep. He makes me lie down. They will never lie down until you make the church a place. A comfortable place. My dear, today, yesterday evening, we missed Bishop Niajedu. No more. He has to work. So I am ending here because I want to listen to a voice of experience. And I enjoy his preaching far more than this shouting. A pastor is preaching and you are beating members. Are you not driving them away? But when he comes, he speaks like a father. And he speaks to relate with your particular situation. Are you ready to hear wisdom, experience, anointing? Tell your neighbor, relax. The real preaching that will let you rest is coming. <laughs> you are resting already. Oh, but clap your hands for Bishop Niajedi. I'll continue sharing this whenever I get the chance. But I preach from this book. Go there. Learn it. Get the skills. Get the skills. Get the skills. 
Skills will make you rich. Lack of skills will make you poor. Even when we have all been employed, you will be chosen on the basis of your skill. And somebody working there, you are in the same office, they will call one of them that the MD is calling him. And you are still sitting behind the desk. And you are, ah, what is it about me? Is it because I'm a guy? Man. You are looking at the wrong thing. You are a skillless. They have even regretted employing you, but they are looking for a way to sack you. Today, we want to thank God for the life of Bishop Ducky Wardman. Can you clap your hands? The points are there. I'm not here to finish a curriculum. I'm here to minister life to you. Get it right. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30 p.m. on Saturdays, as well as 7.30 a.m. and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.